Hello and welcome to episode 525 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan and the Super Bowl is indeed upon us, which of course means showdown, which we covered on yesterday's show. We'll cover more in depth on Friday on ETM and ETS, but also, also the Super Bowl means props. And I'm not talking about the props we've been grinding our cock on all year for prop subs to the tune of a 9.38% ROI. Shout out to us. No, no, no. I'm talking about weird props, exotic props, long shot props, things that there's just never a market for normally. And that stuff, the fun stuff, is what we're here to talk about today. Joining me for this very fun podcast are two young men you know and love, the happy daddy himself, Evan Silva, and the translucent one, Michael Leone. Evan, how's it going? It's going great. Um, you know, I feel refreshed. I, I had the opportunity to take a few days off. I took my daughter to uh, a Marquette Butler basketball game uh, this past Saturday. Marquette plays UConn tonight. Marquette's like really good. They're top 10 this year. That, this, this is my alma mater, so I'm, I'm all into this. Um, but, you know, had, had the opportunity to take a few days off. The, the matchups column is like 95% written for the Super Bowl. Um, I feel very good about uh, some long shots, probably too good about some long shot bets. And I can't wait to discuss them with you guys. Leone, how's it going today? It's it's long shot season. I'm ready for it. Leone has been chilling long shots all, <laughs> all, all year. This is the chance to actually find some that may be way off, way off. And we'll get into some of those here. Before we get into the show today, a reminder, this show is indeed brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They are running some massive tournaments for the Super Bowl. These are snake draft tournaments. We do have rankings up for the site for those tournaments and you can upload them directly onto underdog to draft with on your phone while you're in the bath while you're on the toilet whatever if you have not tried underdog yet promo code etr will get you a matching deposit bonus up to 100 that's promo code etr at underdogfantasy.com also i'm sure everyone listening to this is into props in some form if you're deep into it if you're hardcore into it there is no one grinding their respective cocks harder than our nba props team currently current record on officially released props is an absurd 462 and 314.06% ROI. And also that doesn't even count. Like there's a ton of alpha from really sharp people in the discord. If you're interested in details there, check out the NBA props FAQ on the site. Lastly, want to remind everyone XFL starts on February 18th, one week after the Super Bowl. We are of course covering it. Minor league football is what we live for. And also DK DraftKings has shown a pretty big appetite for the XFL. They've been running a ton of satellites for the big week one tournament. Uh, from what I understand, they are going to have full slates. In other words, not two two-game slates. Over the weekend, one four-game slate will be the main slate. So head to EstablishRun.com later this week for full details on our XFL plans, our product, which will include projections, ownership, live shows, top plays, all that. All right. Today's show is simple. We're just going to bring up props that we like for the Super Bowl. We're going to discuss them, poke any holes, have some good old-fashioned fun. Important note, We've shopped here a little bit. In other words, we've line shopped a little bit here looking for the best line. We have not hardcore shopped though. Anyone doing this seriously or even as a hobby, you need to have money on every book. Don't listen to Silva. You need to have money on every book because you'll have the best line and you'll get paid for signing up. You can head to uh, the offers page in the betting tab on Establish the Run to check out some of the offers. Make sure to always see what line Bet Spunk has uh, out there <laughs> so you don't get the worst line. The best is whenever we talk about a Camby line, Silva calls it Bambi. It's really so good. 
Silva, you got to follow up the Jamal Williams regular season touchdown leader. You got uh, oh, I already lost that all back. High. Trust me, I already lost that all back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll start here. I'll start. Um, one of my big themes, I have two big themes, which I'll hit on for this game. Two big takes for the game that I think uh, to build around. One, Eagles pass rush against interior of Chiefs offensive line with a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, I think is an edge. And so I've been talking to Brandon Thorne. He thinks that the best matchup on the Eagles defensive line will be Josh Sweat or Hassan Reddick. He actually seemed to lean a little bit in favor of Josh Sweat, which is good because we can actually get longer odds on Josh Sweat than we can on Hassan Reddick. So, and, and, first- and, and my, my guess would be against Andrew Wiley, the Chiefs' right correct. tackle, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah. So coming off the edge uh, on the tackle, for sure, I think uh, Brandon's article will be up Wednesday, and I think that's one that he is going to highlight. And so I have Josh Sweat over 0.75 sacks. In other words, half a sack is not good enough. He needs to get a full sack or two half sacks. That's plus 140 on DraftKings. And then also one that our Ryan Reynolds was on that he put in the article that is up on the site right now about fun props. Josh Sweat, 10 to 1 to have the first sack in the game. And, and again, on this Eagles defensive line stuff, you know, I, I think the Andrew Wiley thing is notable. How how good Eagles pass rush is, like historically good. And then you get Mahomes, I think still will be somewhat less mobile than he normally is. So Josh Sweat over 0.75 sacks plus 140. I saw on DraftKings and 10 to 1 on Josh Sweat at the first sack. Evan, any thoughts on those? If not, you can go ahead and hit the people with your first one. I mean, I like him. I, I took uh, Josh Sweat. You you bet Josh Sweat at some, I don't know, some crazy book, 500 to 1 to win MVP. Super Bowl MVP. I mean, I took it at 150 to 1 yeah. to win Super Bowl MVP. I just, I like the idea, you know, and, and it's long enough shot that just sprint, you know, throw a sprinkle. Um, yeah, the, the 500 to 1 was at, was at Westgate uh, okay. in, in Vegas. So I got 100 on it and maybe we'll wow. go full-blown uh, – uh, Jamal Williams. So yeah, Josh oh, went MVP. That, Josh that would, went MVP one time. Anyways, go ahead. That would be sick. Um, another super super long shot that I kind of like is um. Well, I like two. Um, can I can I can I do two here? No, it's I your can world. Only do one. We're living in it. Okay. Uh, Sky Moore two hundred to one to win uh Super Bowl MVP. So in the past game, in the, the this last game, he had seven targets, almost played almost 60% of the snaps. We need some things to go right. McCole Hardman is out. He's not going to play. We kind of need Kadarius Toney to be out, really, because in this scenario, Sky Moore can return kicks and punts, and he can have a significantly uh, enhanced offensive role. The other MVP long shot that I like is Juju Smith-Schuster, 80 to 1. This is probably, you know, a little bit more realistic. I think that in, in all likelihood, we're going to get Juju Smith-Schuster 75%, 80% of the snaps, somewhere in there. He's got a favorable matchup between the numbers against Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox came back in the Eagles last game, but he only played 40% of the snaps. He's been dealing with his toe injury. He's a small player. Juju Smith-Schuster has some size. And we don't want to mess with Darius Slay and James Bradbury outside. So... Um, I think that Juju Smith-Schuster has a shot at 80-1 to 1, and Sky Moore, super, super long shot, 200-1, to 1, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, so I actually thought that Juju looked actually banged up in the AFC Championship game. His role was reduced. He was dealing with this knee issue that seems to keep cropping up. Two weeks off is a, is a long time 
for him to get right. And one of the things that I think people should note is like, yeah, a lot of these guys are banged up. Tony, uh, uh, Pacheco, McKinnon, um, Juju. But that's one of the reasons that you're getting such long prices. And I know Evan, you also had a note on here, Juju two or more touchdowns in the game. 22 to one is at least, I think, in play. I mean, Juju's had a really rough couple months, but I think it's at yeah. least in him to pop up for a big game. We did yeah. actually take in real props, not fun props. In real props, we took Juju over 32 and a half yards in this game, receiving yards in this game. Yeah, also over three and a half catches we took at some plus money. And some of these downstream markets too are even better because that's that's based on median, which is a little shaky with the injury stuff. We thought the lines were low enough to take, but if you're taking these long shots, you're assuming he's healthy. And sometimes that stuff's not priced where it's just priced relative to like, okay, this is a guy they expect they're lining at three and a half catches and 32 and a half yards. Well, it's different because if he's fully healthy, he is one of the guys, one of the few guys in Kansas City outside of Travis Kelsey who could legitimately see 10 plus targets as bad as he's been he is someone and Evan mentioned you know you also have kind of like the 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 tape narrative of of where they would choose to attack Philadelphia I do like for my first prop bet Kadarius Tony 10 to 1 to be the first pass catcher for the Kansas City Chiefs that's on Caesars and I'm a little bit worried about Tony's health but this is first catch I don't need him to stay healthy for the entire game He's someone, too, that they scheme kind of some of these high probability catches early in the game. And sometimes with these markets, it's hard to tell exactly, like, should Tony be 10 to 1? But I, I know, I sure as hell know that Tony at 10 to 1 is better than MBS at 6.5 to 1. So you get some idea relative to other players where that's a lot of recency bias on MBS, where Tony's odds should probably be shorter than MBS's. Like, he's a higher catch probability guy. Yeah. We're not as worried about the injury early. So I like that one as sort of like a, a medium shot to take. I, I like it because the the theory of, you know, him, like the, the Chiefs coming out and just scheming him a play on the first play from scrimmage, that's something that could happen for Kadarius Tony. It's really unlikely to happen for MVS. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear, two things on, on Leone's uh, bet there. One, if Kadarius Tony ends up inactive, which I don't think will happen, but if he ends up inactive, that bet will be void. And, and second of all, like you can see they're using him as effectively a gadget player, like really low, really low A dot, just get him the ball. And I could easily see that be a play. I had uh last time I think the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, my biggest bet was on Byron Pringle under one and a half catches. The very first play of the game was a design screen to Byron Pringle. And then they didn't look at him the rest of the game. Luckily it hit. But I mean, God, you know, that could easily see that being Kadarius Tony in this game. Like the first scripted play is the Kadarius Tony. I like that a lot at 10 to one. All right. My second one is uh, a head-to-head -head matchup. Who will catch a pass first, Isaiah Pacheco or Miles Sanders? This is on DraftKings. Isaiah Pacheco is minus 130. To me, Miles Sanders is just a stone zero in the pass game. He has a total of four targets in his last six games. Meanwhile, Pacheco had six targets in the AFC Championship game alone. I I I'm not sure what's going on with McKinnon. His role has not been great lately has Jarek McKinnon's. Now, I know Isaiah Pacheco is dealing with a little bit of a wrist issue right now, which is a concern. But man, like, I think there's a lot of outcomes where Miles doesn't even catch a pass in this game at all. And so to only have to lay minus 130 on Pacheco to catch a pass before Miles Sanders, I think, I think is pretty good. Also, I like the Kadarius one better, but I did notice that Pacheco first reception for the Chiefs, not first reception of the game, but first reception for the Chiefs was seven to one on FanDuel. I think that's a little bit, Thinner, I like the minus 130 over miles better, but just wanted to put that out there. Evan, you're up. 
Um, I'm going to go back to actually actual like exotic bets and not just, you know, uh, even money bets like, like, uh, Adam just recommended. Um, we got to support the, the long shot portfolio. Exactly. Yeah, we we got to get some barbell. It's a barbell approach to the, to the portfolio. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go to with Miles Sanders, 22 to one to win uh, MVP of the Super Bowl. So the Eagles, if you look at like advanced metrics, not necessarily, you know, fantasy points allowed, you know, the stuff that we look at on a week to week basis, if you look at like expected points added kind of stuff, the Eagles have the best rushing offense in the NFL and the chiefs had one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL this season. Um, And also they faced one of the softest opposing rushing offense schedules in the NFL. So they were they were soft against the run, and they faced a very soft offensive rushing schedule over the course of the year. And now, bam, they're getting hit with the best rushing offense in the NFL, and that's spearheaded by Miles Sanders, twenty-two to one. Uh, we saw in the last game. I mean, he lost a ton of work to you know uh, Boston Scott and uh, 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 Kenneth Gainwell, and I don't think he's going to lose nearly as much work to those guys. Uh, over the past two games, or in this game, as he did over the past two games, I think he can have an absolute monster game, especially if the game, the game stays close. Yeah. So I think Miles Sanders could get up near, and we haven't seen him get even near 20 touches in like over a month. But I think that in a game like this, he could, and he's got a great matchup, and the the the, the Eagles' offensive line is going to be humming here. So I think Miles Sanders, 22 to one Super Bowl MVP. I'm sticking on that Super Bowl MVP theory uh, or that that theme, yeah. and I think Miles Sanders could could absolutely has a shot. Uh, I want to make the point about the MVP market. T- to me, the Eagles secondary players are way more viable than Chiefs. In other words, like if Mahomes comes out right. on one leg with no weapons and wins the game, I think the MVP is really likely to be Mahomes. On the Eagles side, though, you can make a case for a ton of guys because Hurts could have a mad game, and you could find a ton of other guys, defensive guys running backs like Evan's talking about, wide receivers. I mean, I think it's way more open for the MVP on the Eagles side. So just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, and we talked about it on the showdown slate to uh, show where if Miles has one of those huge games, we talked about him as a potential undervalued captain player, but it's the same concept where he's a ton of leverage off teammates because of the way that game's going, which is like, you know, a game that the Eagles probably control, play from ahead, pass catchers are spread out. Miles has multiple touchdowns, really efficient game. And, it might be hard to really even make a case for anybody else statistically, at least. Uh, I'll go with it with my big long shot bet here. Justin Watson to score two TDs at either 70. To, I got it at 80 to one on MGM, but I know a lot of people are limited there. I think it's 70 to one elsewhere. I don't, this one's probably a little bit minus EV, but I think it's close enough for a fun long shot. And again, you're sort of taking advantage of the uncertainty with the health of the pass catchers. You're probably going to need some guys out, but uh, I think these odds are pretty long for a player. He's like 6'2", 215. He's got the size to score. He's got the dot where he's going to have a higher than usual TD rate for a player. So he might not need a ton of looks to get there. Yeah, I, I think the Watson stuff is interesting because nobody saw him playing the conference championship game. And if you weren't following the Chiefs all year, maybe you don't realize that Justin Watson has a huge role, not a huge target share, but he is out there a ton when he's healthy. I know Amico was talking about a market uh, player to get to 40 receiving yards first. And Justin Watson was 60 to one there. And like, 
Justin Watson's ADOT is up around 20 yards. I mean, it's not that crazy to think he could catch one pass or 40 yards and get there first at 60 to one. I think that's an interesting. That might be better than the two TDs, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Justin yeah, Watson that's, scoring that's, two. That's, t- a, that's a pretty fun goal, actually. Justin Watson two TDs. We were in Vegas. Leone's like running around sports books looking to find Justin Watson two TD markets. I'm like, buddy, buddy, we gotta relax. This this is my Super Bowl too. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. For my next trick, I will go with uh, my other theme of the game. So my other theme of the Super Bowl is that people are underestimating how pass-centric the Eagles can be. Not that they will be, but that they can be. In other words, throughout the year, we've seen a lot of times when the Eagles think that they can exploit a team through the air, they will go very, very pass-heavy, very vertical, very aggressive. And people, I think the market and maybe the public thinks of them as this ultra-run-heavy team, which they can be. They certainly can be. But in spots where they thought they can throw, they've been very aggressive. And so I like looking for outlier outcomes where they're very, very, very aggressive. I was having trouble like, finding a good place to lean into that. Obviously you could go like over Jalen hurts completions over Jalen hurts pass attempts. You could take the overs on AJ Brown, whatever, all that stuff. I was looking for a little bit more long shot stuff. I couldn't find anything great. Maybe you guys can find something better out there. My favorite one that I found was most yards from scrimmage in the game. Devonta Smith six to one. And I, I feel like maybe that's too short. Maybe it should be a little bit longer but the target share between Devontae and A.J. Brown, by the way, A.J. Brown is like three to one in this market. Devontae Smith is six to one. So the target share is not that different. I just think Devontae is a straight baller. And you can get these outsized games from the Eagles wide receivers and Goddard, really, if you run into this script or if you run into this game plan where the Eagles are very, very pass heavy. And again, I actually think that's like a really likely outcome is Eagles come out throwing and aggressively. Evan, I'm sure you touched on this in matchups, but yes. do you have any thoughts on, on yeah, the Eagles uh- game plan? Devontae Smith, 25 to one to win MVP. And, yeah. you know, again, like I, I know I, I've already hit on four guys, you know, that, that I'm willing to bet on to win MVP, but like they're all long shots. And like I I, I sprinkled a little bit on, on all four and I don't feel bad about that in, in the slightest. I mean, I've got four guys that I can root for. They're all long shots. It's still plus if I hit one of them, I'm feeling really, really good. Um, and Devontae Smith, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, this is another thing I talked about in matchups is that over the last eight games, I think it's 73 targets for A.J. Brown and 70 for Devontae Smith, and Devontae Smith has more catches. Um, this one's a little crazier, but uh, one of the kickers to hit a 60-plus yard field goal. Mm. Both of these kickers have massive legs. Harrison Butker and Jake Elliott, they both have hit 60-plus yard field goals before in their career. Harrison Butker has won this year and Jake Elliott has like a, a long 50 yarder almost every year, year of his career. And when he was a rookie in 2017, he hit a 60 plus yarder. Um, it's nine to one on, on DraftKings. You know, it, it's, it's unlikely, but I think that it's in play. And um, there's also like a narrative that a lot of these coaches that are aggressive throughout the regular season, as Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni have been all season, they get a little bit more conservative. They're more willing to kick field goals when, you know, the the bullets are out here flying in the Super Bowl. So uh, that, that's kind of my theory on that. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but at 9-1, to one, Jake Elliott or Harrison Bucker to his, hit a 60-plus yarder, I'm, I'm willing to take that shot. In Glendale, Arizona, right. optimal conditions, you know, uh, hopefully at, at the end of the, the first half or, or at the end of the game. 
Right. That's what I was going to say is that yeah. a lot of the kicking stuff factors in a lot of games where you wouldn't even attempt a 60-yard field goal because it was outside in Philly or outside in Kansas City and stuff like that. Whereas this game, obviously, you're more likely to attempt a 60-yard field goal. And yeah, I think it would be end of half, end of game type stuff. But yeah, 9-1 to is an interesting price there. And by the way, to be clear, as everybody should know by now, Evan has not shopped these. So you might be able to find better than 9-1 to out there. Leonie, I don't got time for that. (laughs) I'll go a a little bit opposite of Evan and kind of lean into the aggression that we've seen from these coaches being willing to go for it on fourth down, especially with these quarterbacks. I'll steal one from our props article that we're putting up from Patrick Barnes, our YouTube guy on DraftKings over two and a half yards for longest fourth down conversion is only minus one Oh five. And these teams are going to be aggressive. They have, excellent quarterback play you know the offenses are better than the defenses i believe and i i think there's some chances there to to just take advantage of two teams that play differently than we you know have seen historically teams play in the super bowl Mm -hmm. there's also philly plus 300 to convert a fourth down in their own territory which that one's probably on the cusp like that it's a really wide spread it's minus 400 on no plus 300 on yes so it's it's probably bad, but I, you know, they, no, I like that plus 300 in their own territory. I mean, they've got, yeah, like yeah. with the, with the, the Hertz bullshit, you know, QB sneak, if it's four, if it's fourth and one on their own 35, I think they're going for it. Like at any point in the game. And then obviously late game situations. I don't think these are the types of teams that are going to be punting the ball. Like, you know, we saw McDermott too for the bills against the Bengals on fourth and two, like they're, they're going to, I, I think they're intelligent enough that they're going to lean into their offenses in those spots. Uh, Leone is still not over McDermott's fourth down decisions in the Bills uh, Bengals game. <laughs> Silva was giving me the low blow on mocking the Bills for not playing in this game prior to the show. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'm going to go for the next one. The market is who will have the most rushing yards in the game. The favorites are obviously Pacheco and Miles Sanders. I don't know exactly how it's going to go with those guys. We've seen such weird usage. And I think the most likely outcome is that Pacheco and Miles Sanders are their team's lead back and play a ton, but there's a ton of other game scripts and game flows and injuries and all kinds of things where it gets weird. I thought Jalen Hurts to have the most rush yards in the game at plus 250 on FanDuel was interesting. His rushing attempt prop line is up at like 10 and a half. Are we really that certain that Miles or Pacheco are going to get that many more carries than 11? or 12 and obviously Jalen Hurts to me has like this massive big play ability once he can get into space and so Jalen Hurts to lead this game in rushing the price isn't especially long but plus 250 I think he's going to run the ball 9 10 11 12 times a game this game some of those will be sneaks but still I think there's enough big play upside for Jalen Hurts to actually lead the game in rushing mostly because Hurts is such an outrageous rusher and Miles slash Pacheco have a bunch of questions around them so I'll go with the longest rush for him over 13 and a half minus 110 seems okay mm. as yeah. well yeah that sounds really solid all right this is my last one i'm, I'm running out of, out of bets guys um yep. i gave away too many winners you know um <laughs> quiz watkins not anytime td score i think anytime td score is kind of a fool's errand um i like first td score and last td score so Quez Watkins to be the first TD scores 50 to one Quez Watkins to be the last TD scores 40 to one. I'd rather bet both of those than anytime TD score where I think he's like 10 to one. 
So, uh, look, Quez Watkins, his playing time has been up and down. His targets are, uh, you know, his target projection is not strong, um, but he's got a lot of speed. And you can you can beat the Chiefs with wide receivers. And obviously all of their, their attention is going to be focused on A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. So Quez Watkins just get behind the defense on an early play in the game, bam, 50 to 1. Late in the game, you know, maybe coming back, maybe like a Hail Mary, something like that, 40 to 1. Um, Quez Watkins. Yeah. Yeah, I think Quez is an interesting one, Leone, uh, because he's cheap on showdown and he has mega long shot here. But since Goddard's been back, his role hasn't been great. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the Quez Watkins projection that we have, because it's definitely been difficult to figure out from because he only ran seven routes in the NFC Championship game. Obviously, they didn't throw it very much in the game, though. Yeah, that's the difficult part is we definitely know his role is reduced when Goddard has been there, but he's typically still out there running routes and playing snaps. But the two playoff games with Goddard back have been such amazingly positive game scripts that we, we don't really get a good sense. And if you're going to bet on something like that, you want to kind of bet on the tail end, which Evan's doing, take advantage of the uncertainty and not worry as much about the, you know, the, the median outcome there, because you know, one or two targets is going to switch his target share, like extremely meaningfully from where we expect. So I think that one's all right. And as far as the first TD score, last TD score things, I did notice that for some of the Chiefs, like the the backup guys or the secondary players like Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, you know, even Sky Moore, some of these guys, the last TD score price is like pretty close to the first TD score price. I definitely would prefer the last TD score price just to take advantage of, you know, Juju's banged up, Tony's banged up, yeah. even Kelsey has the back. Thing. Like if something happens to one of those guys in game, they're it's much more likely a long shot hits on last TD score later in the game. But I have to go out with one more to score two plus TDs props because that's that's my bread and butter. We've been chasing this ever since we missed the Shane Zilstra week for the Lions. But Kenny Gainwell, he's 35 to one on DraftKings right now. I thought I saw 45 to one at a different book, but maybe it's come down. But Gainwell, again, what Adam said, like there's just some uncertainty with the backfield who's going to get touches. You know, maybe Gainwell's played enough that he's going to play more than we expect. Also, like if he's in on a third down play, they just keep him in in the goal line. So he generally has a disproportionate number of his touches come in the goal line just by circumstance. And if they play from behind, he could be playing a lot more than Miles just in general if they're, you know, in full passing mode. I, I think it's kind of lame to make bets based on, you know, oh, my God, this guy could get hurt. But, yo, if Miles Sanders gets hurt and he's been dealing with a knee injury and he hasn't been getting a lot of touches recently, yeah. potentially because or at least partially because he's been dealing with a knee injury. Yo, Kenneth Gainwell has, what, 13 and 16 touches yeah. in, in, the, in the Eagles last two games. And if something happens with Miles Sanders, he tweaks his knee early in the game. Kenneth Gainwell becomes very, very interesting as, you know, a showdown play. Um, and and a, 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 there's like a lot of bets out there that you can make, like long shot bets. And Kenneth Gainwell is balling. I mean, the Eagles trust this dude. And you can make a case Kenneth Gainwell is just as good as Miles Sanders. You know, like I don't think there's a huge difference there. And I think the yeah. Eagles the Eagles know that. Um, I'm just going to mention a few more here for fun. Well, this first one isn't that fun. I, I just want to say that if you're like an actual trying to be an actual sharp, you know, not a fake sharp, not trying to have fun. Some of the most EV bets are going to be the bets where you lay a lot of wood. In other words, will there be overtime 
no is like minus 2000 or something. It should be like minus 5000 or, or, or whatever. Another one that I saw was will a kick, will a field goal, well, no, will a field goal or an extra point hit the post in this game? No is minus 650. I mean, that seems just like uh, the odds, the, the, I don't have, I actually looked, I couldn't find any site that had was tracking doinks as you would call it. But man, no at minus 650 is not fun because I hate laying $650 to win 100 or, or whatever. When Harrison Butker hits a 60-yarder and, and it bounces off the thing and goes <laughs> in, like, we're, you know, we're going to be celebrating over here, okay? Just, just Adam's money going to, yeah. to Silva's pocket. That is not fun. Anyways, I'll give three fun ones from the article. So uh, this article that uh, we're referring to is up on the site right now. We basically asked everyone on our team. That goes for people that aren't front-facing, people on the back end, uh, people working behind the scenes. Everybody got in on this the article's up on the site right now i wanted to highlight three that i thought were interesting first one from amico how long will patrick mahomes first td pass be over or under 10 and a half yards again how long will patrick mahomes first touchdown pass be over or under 10 and a half yards under is minus 110 no tyreek they're still th so throw happy in the red zone as amico pointed out last three seasons he had 62 percent of his touchdown passes patrick mahomes have been under 10 yards and that's with Tyreek for two of those seasons. So Mahomes under 10 and a half yards, length of first TD pass minus 110 on DraftKings. Ryan Schwepfinger, hopefully I said that right. Ryan's been crushing for our NBA team. He obviously went with an NBA related prop. Fred Van Fleet to have more points plus assists than the Chiefs will score points. That's minus 130. And one thing Schwepp was leaning into here, he thinks it's okay at baseline based on the likely Fred Van Fleet projection here in a really good matchup for him. But also, trade deadline is coming up Thursday in the NBA. You could see somebody like OG Agumue get dealt, leaving Van, Van Vliet with more. Who are these people? Usage, I mean, exactly. Are exactly. these real that's people? Why, that, that, to me, that's why these are like the most mispriced stuff because nobody even knows. And then Jack Miller, I mean, this is going to blow your mind, Evan. Jack Miller went with Aaliyah Boston, the presumed number one overall pick in the WNBA draft. She's currently in college. Oh my God. She's currently in college. The bet, and this is on, these are on Caesars, by the way. They have Jack, a ton of these. Only Jack Miller knows who this person is. They have a ton of these cross sport bets on Caesars. So again, Aaliyah Boston, presumed number one pick in the WNBA draft. Will she have more points plus rebounds than Jarek McKinnon will have receiving yards? That's minus 140. And so this is the, to me, this is what this pod and what the Super Bowl is about, just having fun. I mean, cross sport bet between a college a women's college basketball player points plus rebounds versus mckinnon receiving yards minus 140 seems like it's pretty strong based on what jack said in the article you can read the article for more yeah we're living anyways even i who hates fun is gonna have some fun on this super bowl hope you guys all do as well we'll be back friday with david out of talk sides in total for this game. Also, Evan and I will be back for Establish a Show. Leone and Dink will be on for Establish a Million to talk through the showdown slates, the big action showdown slates. Also, I know we made a big joke about it. I know Evan doesn't do it, but God, it, you got to be really rich and really like torching money if you're not shopping for the best line. And so please get out there, find the best line, go to the bet props and betting section of the site. We have our sports book offers up there. If you're going to sign up for books, get down there. Find the best offer by your state. Take advantage of it. Four. Hope this was fun. These aren't meant to be like, we're putting our life on this, guys. We're just trying to have some fun. Hope everybody understands that. Well, maybe Evan is. I don't know. He's Four. Evan. Four. Leone, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm -hmm.